This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. I write about a small town in northeast Mississippi along the Tom Bigby River called Columbus. Today's episode is about Hiram Wheeler Lewis, the carpetbagger. Recently, I was reading a 1951 document on the homes in Columbus, Mississippi. One home, long since gone and now the site of a parking lot of the local YMCA, is the Vaden House. A loan reference is made that it once was the home to Hiram W. Lewis, a carpetbagger, who was allegedly run out of town late one night by the Ku Klux Klan. The only other tidbit of info was he had been elected sheriff under the radical rule of Reconstruction. Now, carpetbagger is an interesting turn of phrase. A carpetbagger was someone who came down from the north and moved into the south during Reconstruction and was very despised. I went first to local papers looking for mention of Lewis, the Klan, etc., and initially I struck out, often digging uh, some more. Uh, I found a treasure trove of documents on Lewis in the courthouse and the local library. What I found out about Lewis is far more fascinating than the small blurb in that little catalog. Colonel Hiram W. Lewis was born in Warren, Ohio on March 11, 1843. He was educated at Garfield Eclectic Institute in Ohio and then Williston Cemetery, East Hampton, Massachusetts. He entered the Army of the Cumberland in 1863 and fought at the Battle of Chickamauga, where he was wounded. He returned to seminary after the war. In 1866, he married Lucy Flint Strong in Massachusetts. By 1869, he was in Mississippi and purchased a plantation near Crawford out in Lowndes County, where he began to raise cotton and was made the postmaster and later tax collector. He was also the editor and owner of the Columbus Press in 1870, a local Republican newspaper. Lewis became involved in local politics and was labeled a radical reconstructionist carpetbagger. By the fall of 1875, Lewis was sheriff of Lowndes County. He wrote of rising violence to the governor. Uh, to understand a little bit more about this time and what was happening, uh, see the episode I did on Robert Glebe for additional background. But for now, I want to read to you the letter from Lewis to Mississippi Governor Adel Adelbart Ames on October 29th of 1875. Honorable A. Ames, Governor of Mississippi, dear sir, everything in this and adjoining counties is up to fever heat. The 24-pound cannon thunders forth every night. The brass band accompanies the Democratic speakers together with about 50 hot-headed young men. Assassination and bloodshed are openly encouraged. Our voters are very much overawed, and we fear we cannot get out more than one half of them. If troops could be sent here, a corporal like a corporal guard, it would act like magic, and we would sweep everything in this part of the state. As it looks as though we should lose everything, Colfax County is thoroughly under the heel of ruffianism and will be lost by the Republicans. The mayor of a company of federal soldiers up the railroad would have a salutary 
effect and go like wildfire through the county adjacent and bring the intimidated voters to the polls. But if a dozen were stationed in each county, even without instructions, I would encourage our friends sufficiently to enable us to carry everything before us. We fear many outrages in this county of Lowndes or some part of it on election day. If anything can be done, I know you will do it. We shall do the best we can and try to meet the issue bravely. Very truly, H.W. Lewis. Uh, He then went on to send a second letter to Travis Rhodes, the private secretary to the governor. Politics up to fever heat, assassination and bloodshed, openly encouraged. Voter very much overawed. Fear that not more than one half can be got out. The same year, he, like other area radicals, were met at their doors by local Klan members and run out of town. Clearly, the governor didn't send troops. Lewis then left for Wichita, Kansas, where he would eventually become one of its most prominent citizens. Soon after his arrival, he established the Kansas National Bank and would become its president. He would go on to establish the state savings bank and then the Gold Savings State Bank, now Union Bank, in in Kansas, all still in operation. In 1893, he established the Anchor Trust Company, where he served as president until his death in 1912. He was an avid prohibitionist and institutionalist in Kansas City, in Kansas statewide prohibition laws. He organized educational organizations and colleges and was instrumental in Wichita's establishment of stockyards, waterworks, and the hydraulic mills and other city utilities in the city. His first wife died in 1880 in Wichita, and he remarried to his wife's younger sister, Kitty, a common practice of the time. Lewis died at age 69 in Chicago, during an unsuccessful operation. He is buried in Maple Grove Cemetery in Wichita, Kansas, and he left behind a wife and seven children. To learn more about Columbus's vast and varied history and the people who helped settle this area, follow and like the Historic Home Tours of Columbus, Mississippi's Facebook page, and follow, like, and subscribe to this podcast, The Tom Bigby Tales. I want to thank you for joining me today. Until next time.